Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Raglan. Hey V, how are you? I'm pretty great. How are you? Not bad, thanks. It's a little bit like fall here in Los Angeles. Finally. I know. Well, it won't be in like an hour, but right no, now. Right now. It's it hasn't burned off yet. Kind of cool and overcast yeah. and nice and like, it's October and it's pretending that it's October. So we're all wrapped up in quilts and we're cuddling. Well, it's not quite that bad. Yeah. But uh, Good, thank you, you guys mean. for coming to the show. We appreciate it. Tiny bit of housekeeping, and then we'll get to our awesome guest. Our guest today, by the way, Pamela Adlon. Oh my gosh, she's a powerhouse. She's amazing. She's You know her for tons of voice work. She's uh, Bobby Hill on King of the Hill, a ton of other stuff. But also, she's an actress from things like Louie. And Californication. <laughs> yep, and Lucky Louie. She's and worked with Louie C.K. too. Yeah, <laughs> and say anything. A lot of stuff. She's been working since she was twelve years old. Yeah, um, and on facts of life. Yeah, and yeah. so she's amazing. And if you haven't, well, just if you have your phone right now, look on IMDb and start scrolling because she's probably been on every animated show you're into. It's ridiculous. Yep, she's amazing. So yes, really excited to have her here. Um, so let's, uh, let's just knock out this annoying stuff. Okay, great. And then we'll get to the fun guest, shall yeah. we? If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. It's just you go on iTunes, you write something positive, and you click five stars. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the hope. I think that's that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm in this whole uh, manifesting phase, and there that's just go. what's going to happen. It helps us to get featured and stuff with the positive reviews. brings new ears to the podcast. If you yes. like it, you know, let people know. Yes. You can also send us an email. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll write you back. Guest suggestions. You just want to say hi. Want to oh. send us some art. Whatever you want to do. We just got the nicest email. I'm going to write back after the podcast. But you know who you are, you sweetheart. Um, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Oh, yeah. We're mostly listener supported. We are. And if you go to our website, popmyculturepodcast.com, there's a little donate button that you can click. Yep. And every little bit helps. And if you do donate, we give you a shout out on the air. AKA the ultimate gift. That's right. (laughs) If you like your gifts, sort of annoying yeah kind of funny sometimes but you know not very expensive there you go <laughs> so we have a couple people we need to thank really quickly and then we'll get to the episode yeah uh which by the way really quickly uh pamela will be signing a copy of louis season what? two if you leave your answer to the first question on our website you have a chance to win that so check so that do out. that in the comments section on this episode that's right so let's uh let's do our thank yous okay and we're close to halloween so um you know you and i both know some ghosts oh yeah Quite and a few. uh they wanted to come on and do this they have their ghost scrapbook they want to do a little reminiscing and uh, thank some of these people because they go way back with them. It's a really spooky thank you section. Yes, it is. Thank you, Cole and Vanessa. We really appreciate it. We've been a little bored, haven't we, Floyd? We sure have. You know, hauntings are down lately. It really is. The economy and stuff. The recession. People aren't as easily spooked because life here on Earth is quite frightening enough. I remember the good old days. Yes. Let's, uh, let's open up my gold scrapbook here. Oh, so oh, dusty. It sure is, covered with one spider web. <laughs> All right, looking inside here. Oh, look, there's Catherine. Oh, do you remember when we used to spook Catherine? We sure did. We'd leave pennies everywhere all over her apartment. She never remembered having pennies. And it really did bother her. At the beginning, she thought, I've just been spilling change. But then she knew something was up. 
Plus, we did a service by putting pennies back into circulation. You're welcome, economy. Let's look on page the oh, next Catherine, page. Oh, Catherine, that Jonathan, was Jonathan. Jonathan, now that oh, was a good one. Boy. We messed with the plumbing so everything would gurgle up every once That's in a while. Right. He said it was old pipes, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, Jonathan, you were fun because you were logical, and those are the best ones to spook. That's right. Uh, oh, oh, Sharon. Sharon, how could we forget Sharon? My favorite thing was when we manifested in front of her. And she yeah. went, go, 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 go. We always wanted that to happen, yeah. and there it was. Most people are more articulate and just say ghosts. But or she they gave just us, scream, but she gave right. us the full g g g three g g g which is what we crave as spirits inspectors. That almost sent us to heaven. We thought that was our unresolved issue, but there must be something right. else. Right, we're not sure what we're supposed to be doing here. We've been here a long time. We've tried it all, but no. No ascension yet. Nope, That's Okay. We'll continue scrapbooking as long as you keep donating. It's always fun to keep a scrapbook. That's right. Bye. Oh, those um, ghosts. Wow. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. I think, yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Thanks, ghosts. And thank you guys for donating to the podcast. It means a lot. It thank you really very much. helps us out, and we really appreciate it. Sure does. Well, uh, let's get to our guest, shall we? Let's just do it already. All right. Here we go. Whee! Our guest today, well, she's uh, an amazing actress and voiceover artist. Artiste? Let's make it really fancy. Yeah, let's yeah. do artist. She's an artiste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know her as uh, Bobby from King of the Hill and tons of other cartoons, plus things like Louie and Lucky Louie and Californication and Grace 2 and Say Anything. Pamela Adlon is here. Grace <laughs> 2! <laughs> How are you, Pamela? I'm um, great. Thank you for having me. It's so fun here. I got to touch a baby. Yeah, that always starts the day off like a fresh squeezed cup of orange juice. Exactly. <laughs> Only no sugar. I'm newly pure. Mm. I was going to start with fresh squeezed baby in the morning. <laughs> uh, well, let's start with something really sad. Ebola. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm obsessing. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, Jan what? Hooks just oh, passed yeah. away. Oh, I feel so like sad. we should acknowledge that. Since I know. She was absolutely amazing. Um, really, really talented. And of course, they on SNL when they did the tribute, they showed mm-hmm. that Tom Schiller film Love Life is a Dream. That was so beautiful. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Which they showed the exact same one when Phil passed, too. So it's just one of those things like whenever now I see sketches with those two together, and it's like, oh man. I know. She was unbelievable. So talented. That's my favorite era of SNL because mm-hmm. they weren't afraid to do those like slow burn scene sort of sketches. Yeah. And so people could really show their personality and what good performers I they always, were. I always talk about that because I remember like the original SNLs. Like I remember one time I think Gilda Radner and Lily Tomlin just were sitting on the stage and they had a conversation. They weren't going for funny. Yep. It wasn't a bit. They just talked to each other and they would let like, you know, you talked about King of the Hill and I think a lot of the good stuff in the early King of the Hill episodes was these moments that would just sit. You You can let them breathe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it didn't have to be like this onslaught and, you know, these relentless kind of bits that get milked and then you lose it. And just, I mean, those films, I was watching that. And I thought, oh, my God, do they give these kind of things a chance anymore? I don't think they do. I think it's such a different climate. And 
I probably like videos and attention spans have changed everyone's expectations so much, yeah. but watching that stuff, like, cause I went through and I watched all the Jan hook stuff I could, and it was also nostalgic and good, but it's yep. just like, it was a different era of really trusting the actors and performers they had in that show mm-hmm. to like, let their voices be out yep. instead of what's, right. what's the bit of this and how fast That's do we right. hammer it? You well, know, have, like the climate has really changed in a sense that like, since digital shorts started, the yes. SNL digital shorts has really changed that show because mm-hmm. now like they're trying to make everything viral. Like what, mm-hmm. what we'll post tomorrow online. You, so you're talking about something with. different than the Smigel stuff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, like when they started doing Lazy Sunday was the first big one. That was Chris right. Allen and Sam right. and that became a thing. They're like, oh, well, you can put this online. It gets all these views and downloads, and, and it makes it more relevant because people aren't necessarily tuning in on Saturday nights now. Like the last episode, the Bill Hader one, which was actually one of the better episodes so far this season, it was like the lowest rated ever. Like yeah. the lowest ratings they've ever had on that show, which is crazy to think that more people were tuning in and watching like some shows and like – 86 when it was like Tim Kazarinski and those guys that were like funny but like the show was not clicking very well at the time. Mm-hmm. Still people were watching and tuning in because it's a different world we live in now with you know your DVRs tape it and you watch it whenever you want to watch it. So they're, they're building it now to be viral. You know I haven't uh, I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. Like, I watched um, Louis' episode uh, Oh yeah. you know last year because he was going to be on it but it's not on my queue, you know, it's, and so I, um, purposely taped the one because I knew they were going to do a tribute to Jan Hooks yeah. and, um, and Bill Hader's unbelievable. I mean, his really impressions funny, yeah. and, you know, he really like, he's so good. Yeah. You know, he, he reminds me of when Phil Hartman used to do all his stuff and it was just like candy, mm-hmm. you know, when those guys came out and, and did their stuff, there's certain kind of. Uh, members of the cast who are covered with gold dust. Yeah, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not something I watch, but my 11-year-old's like, I love Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and then if I put it on and I see it, it's like some really inappropriate <laughs> sex thing. And I'm like, let's cater to the people who are watching right. the show. Right. Let's not have like dick jokes and, you know, things like that. But I don't know. Um. Anyway, Jan Hooks, man. Yeah, end of an era. Well, maybe not the end of an era, but it feels like it. Like that feels like one of those because everybody's it's just maybe it's in the air right now. But it feels like all these great comedians and the the deeper ones especially are meeting these tragic ends lately. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and this was another like sort of poignant, heartbreaking one of like oh. Well, that Such was good like my era of SNL, like, yeah. being, you know, like yeah. 38 now or whatever. So like when like I was you. in high school and stuff, <laughs> it was a lot of, um, it, you know, that was my cast. It was like Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, yeah. um, you know, Farley, like, mm. you know, the, kind of like going up to the Sandler years, but not quite that. You right. know, like that. It was mm. like kind of that was the one that I really came up on. So for me, it's weird. I mean, she was just 57. It's not like, yeah. you know, she was 78 or something in fact right. or whatever. Yeah. But so it was just kind of weird to be like, oh, wow. Okay. That's 20 years from now for me. Yeah. It's not that far off. Ooh. Um, I don't know. Personalizing Ooh, that a bit. Yeah. <sighs> Pop culture, fun times. <laughs> uh, I'm cool. I'm 38. <laughs> <laughs> Ebola could get any. No, I don't. God. So scared. <laughs> and there's also these like punch murder clowns in Bakersfield yeah, with bats. The next thing we're going to talk well, about. Well, uh, John, or, I mean, Cole, you said, you're saying that it's a part of a photo thing. Yeah. 
All right, so but that doesn't make it okay to me. That don't know what this okay. is. So like, it's this, terrifying. This, this story came out that was like these clowns are terrifying this Southern California town. It's called uh, Wasco or Wasco W A S C O. Don't know how to pronounce that. Um, so there's all these photos and things of like these clowns that are this clown around town with balloons and different weapons. A terrifying really clown, creepy. like a machete. They're a like gun, purge like, clowns or something. Or, or less. yeah. It turns out it's just a what's photo a purge project. clown. Well, you know the movie The Purge. Oh no! When people I, go I and mur- murder spree. Mm-hmm. I know. I mm-hmm. went through that phase okay. when I had babies, and <laughs> now I'm like, anything. Please give me murder. Nothing could be scarier than movies. living with teenagers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no. Go yeah. On. So it turns out it's a photo project that somebody's been doing for a year or whatever, taking photos of this clown around town or whatever. But still, people have been seeing it and freaking out. Well, because the people that they're frightening don't know it's part of a photo thing, no. right? Nope. Yeah. That's messed up. For me, I was like, it's almost an amazing viral way if you're going to do like a reboot of It, you know? Oh, Start oh, with yeah. that, get people into that whole scary Pennywise thing, and then... See, I don't know back. what would scare my daughters more, like the Ebola thing or the punch beating up people clowns, the murder clowns, because they have like... They're all afraid of clowns, and like I think that they became afraid of clowns because it was like... A cute thing, like yeah, it's the oh, it's I a thing. A, I, I hate clowns. They freak me out. Clowns. Yeah, Ooh, I, they really freak me out. I'm like, really? Yep. That's <laughs> your original, authentic feeling. <laughs> clowns. That's your thing. Not, not not like a flying cockroach at your face or whatever. But but they would not be into the murder clowns in Wesco. I've never this. Two fears that I don't really understand is clowns, because me, I'm like, it's just people in makeup. I know. Like, well, but who it's likes sad. clowns? At this point, I feel like it's much more prevalent, the people that don't like clowns and that are freaked out by them, than the people that are like, I love a good clown. Like, I think it's like a societal thing that people are like, oh, no, 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 clowns. I can't even look. Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought clowns were funny. Like, when I would go to the Ringling Brothers Circus yeah. or whatever, like, and the clowns did their bits, I thought it was funny. I had no problem with it. I did not oh. find it terrifying. <laughs> They were oh, so cute. They were clowns. You know? so they did their too. thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would rather watch the clown act than fucking silks. Come on. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. okay, so he does uh, have teeth. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared right. of silks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of bodily expression. <laughs> in the air. It's meow. Yeah. I'm so limber. I don't yeah. know if I can take it. It's totally. But I, I didn't, uh, in addition to that, I've never really understood the fear of mice because I think they're just adorable. I don't get like, yeah, I don't, I don't have it, but I mean, people get freaked, get freaked out, out by mice like, and bats. I don't and, get bugs either. I get bugs. I don't, I don't have like, a I bug not, thing. I do not like bugs. I have to take care of the bugs in our house. I, I pick every bug up in a cup or whatever. Yeah, well, be, I don't mind I'm the bugs. Bug I just don't like spiders. Like, yeah, I, John's I the same thing. I have no feeling about fine, it. I'm like, okay, I'm fine. sir, let's just Me go too. outside, buddy. You know yeah. why I don't like them? Okay, sir. When I was a kid, Mr. Spider, I had had a subscription to National Geographic World for Kids or whatever it was. It's like the National Geographic for Kids. Zoo books? It was was a National Geographic spinoff. I think it was called National Geographic World. And on the back, sometimes they would have like just different weird things. And one was like, can you recognize these animals just by their eyes? So it's pictures of like eyes. So it's like, you know, close up, like, oh, that's an owl. I can tell by the eye or whatever. But one was a spider. And it was like a bunch of eyes, a bunch of little red dots. Right. You know, and I was like, oh, and like a little, little pincher fangs just underneath that. Oh, too. And I was yuck, like, nope, yuck. I'm out. And ever since then, that kind of burnt it into my mind of like spiders are freaky. 
and, it, and they were trying to teach me, you know, that's fun. Yeah. Look at the eyes. And I was like, nope, you have ruined you it. Ruined you ruined them ruined for me. spiders for me ever oh, since that. I found, fell down a YouTube rabbit hole last week. I was looking up tarantulas <laughs> because I wanted to know if they really do hiss. And there's all these people that like love tarantulas and they have what they call tea rooms in their house that are just rooms basically from what I saw. I'm sure that the specialist would disagree. Basically full of like plastic shoe boxes full of spiders with a humidifier in it. And tarantulas, female tarantulas can live up to 30 years. Yeah, they, wow. They can live old. And you can't spook them and they can't, they cannot handle a tumble. Everybody's very... I thought you were going to say you can't spoon them. Oh. <laughs> because you said the female tarantulas and you can't spoon them. You can't them. spoon them they even though they look cuddly. Like they want to be the big spoon. I'm yeah. just going to tell you that much right now. They'll be on top, but they don't want to, they don't want to be yeah. inside. That's they right. Spoon. Did you see that story about that like house in Missouri or whatever where there like, thousands of spiders, poisonous spiders came out of their walls? No. Oh, shit. It's a, it's I don't like story. that. I yeah. mean, that they were in the drywall yucky. and then they yeah. it exploded. And then all of a they just came out like thousands of real bad poisonous spiders came out. What the hell? What Why? happened? I don't know, but if you guys want to, you need more info. If, if you guys want to flip a, a house, like I bet you can get one real cheap. Oh right I'm going to have my oldest daughter Google that and get off <laughs> oh. the Ebola thing. <laughs> Honey, I, I heard about this story. Like when I'm it's just like coming through my Facebook book feed, there's been a lot of these like spider, spider, spider things. Like guys, stop sharing spider articles. Oh, it's like clowns, this. though. It's like people love to talk about how scared of spiders. They yeah, are. yeah, and go like this. I don't know. I think it was arachnophobia that did it for me. See, I just think, like, that thing reminds me of that big uh, story, like, there was a story, like, 20 years ago that Daryl Hannah bought a cactus at an L.A., like, um, one of these uh, nursery, and uh, she brought it home, and it exploded with tarantulas, (gasps) and I was like, oh, fuck those cactuses, (laughs) or those cacti, excuse me, but fuck you, cacti, (laughs) Um, but that really freaked me out, so... It makes me think that maybe they just kept breeding and breeding and then came through the walls or something Whoa. like that. Uh, I know. Maybe. Whatever it is. We need cool. them. We need the spiders. We need the bees. The bees especially. No, yep. Lose the bees, lose the world, honey. That's right. The bees are everything. That's right. Have you read a lot about them? Like, I, I, you know, I, fi- I have a bee on my ring. I mean, oh, I didn't see you it. know, and my, you know, my aunt and uncle live oh, in this yeah. place, um, British Columbia and my uncle, um, he's a master joiner and he, um, is, was part of building the museum of anthropology in, oh, in Vancouver, wow. which is a really cool place to go. Anyway, he built his house, like the entire house on this cliff. It overlooks the Semiamu Bay. Every piece of furniture in his house, it's so gorgeous. He planted the entire garden. Oh, my gosh. we went there a couple years ago, and he said, well, I had beans here, and I had these flowers, and I had all of this, but the bees haven't come, so I won't have any. (gasps) And I just looked at my daughter, and I went, holy fuck, the bees didn't come, and it hit me so hard because... I'm looking at my uncle's garden and he's not going to get these vegetables and these flowers and these fruits because the bees didn't come and it scared the shit. It's terrifying. It really is terrifying. I mean, like we don't realize how much something like that tips a whole ecosystem. Like it, yeah, we need it. Oh, it really that to me the bee thing is one of the scariest things. And you know they're selling happening. like at certain stores, like they're you know like because I'm I subscribe to all these you know 
liberal websites, whatever, people will get mad. But, <laughs> you know, like this one store, Lowe's, is selling all these bee-killing pesticides, like this uh. wood covered with stuff that kills bees. Yeah, well, we have the apartment that we rent. They have these uh, bushes outside that the bees just love. And periodically, like, they spray them with something, and we come back, and it's like bee genocide. There's just, like, the entire oh walkway is just covered in bees. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. I think that, you you know, like, there used to be such bad bees at my kids' school that they've all graduated out of. And the bees what, graduated? The, <laughs> yes. the bees have gone on oh, to good. higher education. <laughs> <laughs> but... We put out cans of tuna, like that attracts them. Like there's like a non-toxic, non-genocide way you can deal with like attracting the bees away from the children as opposed to... Because nobody's supposed to kill the bees anymore. Most people, you better tell them. I don't know what you're spraying, but... Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Sorry. Get some tuna. Yeah, get some cans of tuna. Tell those people, don't fucking then, spray. Then you get cats. That's the problem. You put the tuna oh, out. <laughs> well, put it up. Put the tuna. Oh, yeah, the cats climb. Whatever. Okay. Put the tuna in the gutters of it's the top of the can, The cats could help with the roof rat problem because we have some roof rats. Ooh, do you? Have seen roof rats? What's going on with your so, well, living we just, situation? We just, have, we just have like a like a deck that's just ours. It's, it's elevated, and there's trees, like these big trees that lead up to it. And yeah. roof rats like climb the trees and go on to the, the patio and, like, eat the herbs and stuff that we try to grow and things. Like, they love fruit and that kind of, of course. stuff. Of course. So, like, you'll start to grow, like, oranges or limes or something and be like, oh, wow, they're coming in, and then you'll go out and there's just rinds left. Oh, and like, shit. Oh, okay, see, that would freak out my <laughs> oldest daughter, too, because she texted me. I told you she's jocking Ebola on the Internet like crazy. She just wants to know everything about it. So, like, two days ago there was a scare in Inglewood, Apparently, really? and it was a false alarm, and then the LAX thing, like everybody yeah. had to get off the plane or yeah. whatever. So this morning, she texted me when I was at my session, U.S. Coast Guard found Ebola in rats in Los Angeles. Oh, no. And I'm like, dude. I mean, that's the stuff. What was that movie? Oh, it was Contagion, Contagion wasn't it? Yeah. But where it's like they show you the spread of the yep. virus through like the bat and then the pig mm-hmm. eats it and like touch the glass. Bing, ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. All because Gwyneth Paltrow had to shake the chef's hand. I know. That's so what classic Gwyneth, too. I know. Fuck chefs. <laughs> God. Like, oh, Just so bad. eat and leave, Gwen. God. Oh. Eat like this. <laughs> like a human yeah. with your hands tied behind your back. <laughs> And it is scary to think about that, though. Like, you know, we have the, all these movies and TV shows that, you know, deal with, like, the decimation of the world population due to mm-hmm. disease or that kind of stuff, too. And they always show at the beginning, usually in the opening credits thing, like, little, like, newsreel blips of how it happens. So they don't have to spend, really, the movie showing Well, it. I'm screwed because, literally, I've seen and read every book <laughs> like that. You're into that? I Song. I read The Stand, like, five times. Yeah, great, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm so into apocalyptic, like wiping out the world. It's just too scary for me because I I think it's so real. It's so real. It is real. Like the the idea, the human drama of what what happens when society breaks down, when there's no more rules, when people people become animals. Like, that's where do you draw the line? Where do you keep your humanity, and where do you go to be a survivalist? You know, the whole thing. Who do you trust? Can you trust anybody? Or you know, well, I'm always talking to my daughters about like a zombie escape plan. So like, there was this (laughs) fucking. (laughs) 
email on the internet. I know it's good. It's good for the kids. Yeah. Okay, everybody got their breakfast. But you no, know, it's it's funny because when I put it that way, it makes it less scary. Yeah, I say okay, you guys, you know, but actually I got this email that my friend had forwarded to me from this like Israeli operative and it was called like, um, uh, you know, uh, cell phone network down. So basically I read all this stuff in this email and he was saying, you know, ever since nine 11, the U S has been reactive and not proactive yeah. and they've done like all these experiments. Like they left a bag in Chicago and a bag in uh, Detroit in a bag in Los Angeles and then nobody reported it and then in mm. one city somebody tried to steal it but in Israel if you leave a bag for 30 seconds everybody's calling 911 and saying there's a the, an unattended to bag or whatever and then he talked about like um, you know uh, the next virus or whatever the next big threat they're going to take our cell phone network down you know Oof. and so I just sat my girls down and I said, you guys, do you know my phone numbers by heart? You know, do you, mm-hmm. do you know each other's phone numbers? You guys have to know your phone numbers. I want you to know your uncle's phone number by heart. And because it's like, you know, the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. You see, I watch all the end of the world movies when he, he all, nobody has cell phones, everything. The fucking world is at, at 2012. Is that what it's called? 2012. And oh, he yeah. gets to the New York public oh, library. He's yeah, got to get there and he gets into the basement because there's a hard line. There's a landline and he's like, and the water's coming up and he gets his parents on the phone. He's like, I love you. Oh. You know, but you know, we need landlines. Do you have a landline? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm thinking I should get one. I even called, when I called Verizon, um, I was on the phone with this woman and I was looking at all these, these fees and everything. And I, I got retroactively money because I was paying too much. I recommend doing that. (laughs) They do this thing like called bill cramming. And all of a sudden you're like, what's this? I don't fucking watch sports. Why am I paying five 95 a month? Right. So I was talking to the lady from Verizon and she said, you, but you don't need the landline because you have a cell phone. I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> what happened? I said, do you have kids? She said, I have a baby. I said, all the more reason. You should have a hard landline phone with push buttons yeah. that is dedicated and that can't go down if yeah. the networks go down. That's so, so smart. Right? Oh, I get so spooked by all this stuff. It is funny, mm-hmm. though, how, like, you know, you'll, you're used to paying whatever you're going to pay. And if literally you just call them and be like, I'm thinking I might change. I might leave and go to whatever. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, uh, we'll take this off. We'll take that off. We'll take this <laughs> off. We'll take that off. And all of a sudden you're paying like a half of what you're no, paying No, I, lit- I literally dedicated one day. I mean, I talking on the phone is like... I want to kill myself before I talk to anybody on the phone, especially like an operator or oh, whatever. I I literally would rather be stabbed or drink <laughs> shit or whatever. And so I did it one day and I found all of these things. It's called bill cramming, like these fees that I was paying and I got that they just think you're not going to catch back. Like when I talked to the direct TV guy, I said, I don't understand. I don't watch sports. Why do I pay five ninety five? He said, ma'am, are you objecting to this fee on your bill? And I said, what? I said, no. I, I said, I'm just saying I don't watch sports. He said, ma'am, are you object? I said, oh, do you need me to say those words? Oh, uh-huh. yes. Yes. I object to this fee on my bill. And he said, 
Okay, ma'am, I will make a note of that and I will um, credit you for the past two years and I will take it off. And I got all this money oh back. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Because they fucking cram Looping your bills. It in. Once in a while, kids, look at your shit. Uncram your bills, baby. Uncram. A lot of these people and places just bank on the fact that we're lazy. Yeah. Because most yeah. of the time we are, we're busy yep. with other stuff and like we're not going to take the time. We're just like, and well, everything's automatic okay. payment now, so you're not actually totally. thinking about I, it. I don't yeah. even understand how many times I've paid for the same thing on iTunes. Really? Oh, God, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, gosh. I should look through all that stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, because it does. It's all just out there now. Like, yeah. we'll just set that up, set that up. It's so easy. Yeah. But it's... Uber's lovely. cancellation fees? Oh, suck my dick. This is really <laughs> a lot. Is there... What oh, happens But I love Uber? you, Uber. Yeah, don't, I love it's you. so good. I, love I hope you, it stays Uber. forever. Uber's it's best. so fast. So good. Way to go, so Uber. Good. You've really figured it out. I know. We've got such a good niche. We love you, Uber. Please sponsor our podcast. I know. <laughs> Free rides forever. That's right. And with the code FAMILY, you can get an Uber with a car seat. FYI. Oh, seriously? Yeah. At Christmas, you can get a tree. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, but you have to be like a new. Like I tried to get a tree last year, and they were like, "Fuck you! You've been with Uber too long, and really? only new people." Yeah, I'll delete an account. I'll <laughs> but start Uber's my life. It, it's my life. Like because I have three kids, so anyway. that's a lot of work. By yeah. the way, and the name I use is Bill Gates. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I live. They get so excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Put a name on there. I think it's high profile. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, be right there, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, Mark Zuckerberg needs to be. Hey, guys. <laughs> that would work. I think. thanks. Me too. Yeah. You know when you feel those weird silences? I'm, no, I'm looking, I'm looking at the dates on the board. Oh, it's yeah. Mimi and Granddad. They're coming soon. Are coming. It's Wit's birthday the 16th. That's and you're going neighbor. to Palm Springs. Yeah. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> I need it. If you guys want to come home... Like, you could stay here if you want. I Just think, kidding, robbers. I think you're oh. going... Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we'll be here and we'll be well, more aggressive than ever. That, you know, write a movie about, like, robbers that listen to podcasts. <laughs> figure out when the hosts Isn't are going Isn't Big Black Uncle Kevin coming to stay? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he's so into guns With right now. With all his now. guns and stuff. <laughs> yeah. He just went to Louisiana, didn't he? Yeah, he got some yeah. crazy stuff. And fireworks oh, and stuff. Oh, my God. So he's going to have fun yeah. here. He is. Oh, man. And what he's bringing all the pities. And his selection of bear traps. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Open, of course. And places Where that you can't big see Big Uncle them. Kevin with his trapping and his being. roof rat collection <laughs> and his tea room. He's gonna put a tea room in here. Yeah, when yeah, he, yeah. And um, have a little bit of Ebola with yeah. him. Yeah, because he puts it in his yogurt. He's building up on. He the- likes to wipe it on door handles and stuff, right? <laughs> Uncle Ebola. Kevin, you're a handful. Boy, Kevin, you're eccentric. Oh. We love you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about some of your voiceover stuff, because you've done quite a bit. Uh, King of the Hill especially is amazing. Um, you've been did... lauded for your work on it. It's yes. so good. You did. Thank you got you. an Emmy in 2002. I did. That's oh, right. that's right, because my youngest was born in 2003. I was very pregnant. And it was your first baby as an Emmy-winning. Emmy <laughs> <laughs> it was my first in utero Emmy win. <laughs> baby. Thing. And I was dying because I knew that I had to um, that that I was getting an award because it was a juried award. So they said, you know, you won this yeah. award, so go accept the award. I was super pregnant, and um, I had this woman make me this like 
she made me this cool outfit. I said, I don't want to wear a dress. I, and uh, the only jewelry I want to wear is my tits because my tits were <laughs> fantastic. And uh, I wore this like cool pants. She made me this cool outfit. Her name is Rachel London. And so she said, just can you get a picture of yourself on the red carpet in the outfit? And I was like, cool, cool. And I went to the Emmys with um, Stephen Root and, oh, yeah. and his wife, Romy, Romy and yeah, my mom, who ended up probably fucking suing somebody because she hurt her foot. Oh, no. And my <laughs> ex-husband. Um, <laughs> did you guys fart? I don't know what just happened to my face. Something. So um, so I said, uh, I gave the camera to Root and I said, take a picture of me for Rachel. And this person came up and said, can you keep moving down the red <gasps> carpet? Uh, because Paul Abdul's coming. I'm like, fuck her. I want Paul an Emmy. Abdul. I'm standing here in an outfit. <laughs> Whatever. You but- didn't get the picture? I did. Oh, good. I got a picture. Okay, good. But King of the Hill was like the best job to have for years. I mean, we all did a shit ton of voices. Yeah. Like every episode. And yeah. so I, I won for that episode. I, I did three voices, I think. Um, and that's, that's what they like. And um, a lot of... Uh, I, uh, the voices that I did through the years, I don't even remember. They would just be like, okay, you're the luncheonette lady or the army guy or whatever. And, um, I think that Mike judge had said at a certain point that we were like his mercury players, mm-hmm. like the mercury nice. theater Mike players. And, yeah. And we, I mean, I just was at this other session doing trip tank. And one of the guys said, we love King of the Hill so much. And he said, you as Bobby and Toby Huss, who played Cotton. Mm-hmm. I mean, and nobody talks about Toby, but Cotton was such a good character. Yeah. And Toby did shitloads of voices. He was well, Khan. Super and Pone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah Toby's amazing. Yeah, He's Toby's really great. Well, that's, I mean, that's such a testament to a show like that. When the writing is so good, the chemistry is great between yeah. all the actors. And then it feels like, I mean, it sounds like you were all trusted to do like what you're good at. You go yeah. in and get to it, rip it up. It was like, you know, it was so, it was such a good fucking job to have. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you know people before you came in on that job? No, no, I didn't know anybody actually. Um, and when I went to do the audition, Greg Daniels had said, I'm going to turn around so I don't see you. I'm just going to stare at the <laughs> sketch of Bobby. I was like, cool, whatever. And, um, I just, they were like, it's a 12 year old boy from Texas. And you know, I've, I've told this story before that I, I was like, fuck, I wish I'd watched like Badlands the night before or something yeah. so, so I could get into the thing. <laughs> but it just kind of, um, everybody's voice kind of crystallized. It's like when you watch a pilot yes. of something and then the first season, and then we all became the people we became right. But at the beginning. So different. So, you know, if you listen to, like, the first Simpsons on the Tracy oh, yes. Holman show. Oh, yes, yeah. his voice is so different for Totally, yep. totally different. Mm-hmm. And, like, Bobby, like, originally, he was, like, really slow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, it was kind of like this. And then he became, like, kind of hyper, you know? And then there was, like, a time... Years went by, and I finally said, "Let's try not to have Bobby say the words prop comic or fruit pie this whole season, <laughs> <laughs> because it became like this thing, Let's, yeah. you know. And you know, you just you become the Bible of your character yeah. because you remember all that stuff. So um, 
that's why actors are great sometimes because they they just bring something else or if you have a thought you know if you're not going to be a dick about it say excuse me can you just say your lines you know yeah people can contribute if if they're not being a dick about it right i guess does bobby put like a real toll on your voice are you able to do it oh no no bobby just is like he just sits there so he's okay no it's no it there's no um it's not but, like, not a throat ripper because sometimes you get those and those are like you know I learned years ago I did a voice for a game Ooh. and it was like a female Yoda mm-hmm. <clears throat> let me you know and it started and I was in the Federation you know and so I started doing it and I was committed and it was a four hour session Ooh. and it tickled my throat and I was like I'm never gonna do something that I can't sustain for four hours yeah you'd never go to a place where you're going to sprain your throat or, right. You know, cause then what happens? Yeah. I mean like, Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. That's your bread and butter. You don't want to do that. So, I mean, you can't, you know, it's gotta be something you could just sit in. So, right. Yeah. That's rough. Cause I know like Maurice does Yosemite Sam a lot. Oh yeah. It's like, that's the worst. Like, yeah. He'll be in it for after 20 minutes. Like, all right, we're, are we good? Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be tough. I love Maurice. Yeah, he's pretty he's wonderful. Amazing. Well, it's always so great to talk to actors that also do voiceover because I feel like, you know, voiceover people are so great. They've got like, yeah. everyone's so down to earth and wonderful because they're not mobbed all the time. So I think it makes them like yeah. normal people. And then actors that do both so much seem so grateful for the voiceover work. You know, yeah, it's funny because when I started it, it doing voiceover, it was really the redheaded stepchild of acting. Yeah. You know, and people would say, oh, he fucked up his face and that's why he's <laughs> only in voiceover now or mean whatever. People. <laughs> you know, and nobody was doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I I always say this, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I feel like The Little Mermaid was the last Disney movie that they cast for voice as opposed to when they started getting star fucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was no no celebrities were in that movie. They yeah. were just real actors, and Jodie Benson was Ariel yeah. instead of like, you know, um, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, that was. Did we yeah. say it at the same time? I mean, even at that time, like I remember, like Christopher Daniel Barnes or whatever was the prince, CD Barnes, who was on like a sitcom. Yes. And for me, I was like, whoa, they got CD Barnes. Like that was a big name at the time in my mind. Right. And now it's like, yeah, the biggest stars you could possibly. Yeah, we used to. I mean, it was just you know, and people would say it's so hard to break into voiceover. It's impossible. I want to get in. Whatever. And it it feels clicky, but it's it's really like people get to know you. You're working with the same director, and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to bring in Pam, and she's going to be uh, the the mom and the army guy and the the neighbor lady and the dog." Yeah, and then I'm going to bring in Kath Susie, and she's going to do all this other stuff, and so. Because you go in and then you're done in like an hour and you get the best and you, you don't have to play with people and you don't have to deal with moods and yeah. whatever. And I always said this because I, I've straddled the two worlds. Mm-hmm. And so the, the voiceover people who aren't celebrities or the bigger actors blow everybody away talent wise. Yeah. 
blow them away. I mean, Kevin Michael Richardson, Jeff Bennett, Jim Cummings, Mo, Rob Paulson. They they're are the, best. the fucking best. And Billy West. Yeah. It's ridiculous I mean, what they can do and how well they know. Like, actors that are great voiceover people, usually it's like they're such great actors. They've got so much character yeah. and it's so fun to listen to them. And then when you see those, like, voiceover artists that just... They know everything about how to use their voice and their body. It's bizarre. Also, like the nicest, like most (laughs) grounded people too. Like we've had a lot of voice actors on our Mm -hmm. podcast because they're, quite frankly, some of the most fun people to talk to. They're the most fun. Yeah, the most nice. And the girls like Tara Strong and Pre Summer. Yeah, I mean, it's just. You know, and I've been working with all of them for years. We've done hundreds of episodes of television together, and it is the most fun and rewarding thing. It's awesome. I'm yeah. gonna go do Phineas and Ferb after this, and like, so cool. It's and I've at a studio I've been working at since I was a teenager. That's, well, that's a cool thing too. Like, for example, on one day you did a session this morning, yeah, podcasting now, and then you're doing another session. Yeah, like, if you're shooting a show or a film or whatever, you'd be working like potential sometimes like a 14 hour day, sitting in a trailer most of the day. Oh like, Jesus, for them to get, yeah. like the light right or whatever, or not oh, using you. Like it's dismal. A, it's like it's a different beast. It's a different way of working. Like, yeah. Have you ever been tempted to skew away from like on camera work, or do you love it? So I much? did. I did for a long time when mm-hmm. I was. Um, just spitting out babies, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I was I was full on doing you know uh, voiceover. I was doing uh, when I was pregnant with my first daughter. I think I was doing like four or five series, Ooh. four for Disney, and then two others. Was that Rugrats era? Rugrats was like one of the first shows that I ever did when Such I looked at like EG Daily and. Um, Chris Cavanaugh and I was like, I fucking want to do this. Yeah, like what you're doing this all the time. <laughs> so that was like kind of a busting my cherry. Yeah, the show for me. But um, which one was I talking? Oh, about? when you were pregnant with your first yeah, daughter. I mean, I was doing like it was like Pepperan, Jungle Cubs. Oh wow, 101 Dalmatians. Um, uh, King of the Hill, just all of those. Oh my gosh. And so, um, it was, you know, I was doing it for years, a lot of it. Um, and then, um, I remember I thought maybe this gravy train is coming to an end. Like maybe I need to like get back in there and Mm -hmm. start auditioning and getting on camera and stuff. And, um, I think around that time I did unscripted the, Mm -hmm. the show that, George and Grant and Steven Soderbergh Mm -hmm. did. It was really cool. It was unscripted. Mm -hmm. And I started going up for stuff. And then I went on this audition and the casting woman said, "Um, oh, we were so happy to hear that you were back acting again. I was like, yeah, I took a few years off to win an Emmy, but now I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did more in the last few years than most people have done. (laughs) But it's funny because I told this story to Tom Kenny Mm -hmm. Uh, who is SpongeBob and a million other people and who's a dear friend as well. And he died. He loved that story. And then uh, kind of um, soon after he went up for something like on camera and they were like, we were so happy to hear that you were going to come in and be acting again. He said, yeah, I took a few years off to become a global phenomenon, (laughs) but now I'm back. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that is so funny. Yeah. That perception is it, it is funny to me because like you know I did a, a movie with Bill Fogerbach years ago, and you know he's Patrick on SpongeBob, yeah. but he's also you know Dauber on Coach, and like you know we and he was in Evening Shade, or am I? Is, or is it the your I think his the coach thing, was yeah. this big thing? But like Evening Shade, what a blast you know, from the past! I'm old. <laughs> done a decent <laughs> amount of voiceover stuff, but particularly Patrick on SpongeBob, and like a lot of people were like, "What happened to him?" And I'm like, "Well, considering that we just you know shot a couple scenes at his ranch, yeah, in Malibu, <laughs> I think he's doing all right from yeah. SpongeBob." Uh, <laughs> yes. But it's just so weird in people's minds of like, well, if you're not on camera or in yeah. movies, like you're not working. Yeah. Well, that's not true whatsoever. Yeah. Look at, go to IMDb pages of voiceover people. Yeah. The ones that are really working and you will see it's way more amazing. credits. Well, when yeah. I was, um, cause last week or two weeks ago, we did a panel with a bunch of voiceover people and we had D Bradley Baker on oh there. Oh my God. D. And I was like on his IMDb page just cause I knew a lot of the stuff, but you want to like brush up and I just kept scrolling and I was like, and after like a minute of scrolling, we're still. In 2013. <laughs> okay, D D Baker is so fucking genius that I have his demo. He gave it to me years ago, and I used to play it for my daughters in the car. Oh my god! We would just—that's amazing. Like number one, Alien. Number two, <laughs> Crickets. Number three, Panther in a Cave. It's just, and it's it's candy. I mean, it's candy. Talk about a person that is like a yoga, like a yoga master of their throat right. and head. Like it's ridiculous right. what you can do. He is Guru Jai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, him and Frank Welker are like the most amazing animal noise people I've ever seen. Just, the just greatest. See, yeah, D do it live too. Just yeah, like, like a joke didn't land. He started doing crickets, and it was just like, oh my god. Yeah, so easy for He's you. So I mean, Frank. I used to do sessions with Frank Welker. I haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, he's such an angel. Um, and he would have an aviation magazine sitting on the music stand. This is pre-cell phone days. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe <laughs> that we used to sit there and be like, oh, do you got any catalog or something? <laughs> and so Frank would just be sitting there reading like an aviation magazine. And, and then he would just go <laughs> and do some like cool cricket sound or just oh a monster God. killing a person or whatever. And then just turn the page and <laughs> look at some cool like air show. Just unbelievable. Well, when you are on camera, you do work with Louis C.K. quite mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, how did that start? Where did you guys meet? Was it on Lucky Louis, or did you know him previous to no, that? No, we met on Lucky Louis. Okay. Yeah. But he really gunned for you for that role, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, um, is that your heater? Is that like No, it's like someone, school? it sounds like someone's swiffering, like, sounds outside. Like, sounds like a murder clown. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a photo experience. Yeah, don't, well, don't worry about it. Yeah, for Lucky Louis, like, um... You know, of course, I went in on the audition, and it was all, like, hot, blonde women. Yeah. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here, seriously. Like, but when I read the script, I thought, well, this is my life. Like, I can do this. And, um, yeah, he really made a case for it. And they all were like, just give it up. Don't do it. And he said, no, this is real. This is my vision. This is what I want. And, uh, I mean, I just got lucky, you know? Yeah. It's so remarkable. I mean, well, now everybody, I mean, since the new show, it's like everybody's on, on board, but yeah. he's been working like this and so intelligently for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to look back at someone's career and think like they were getting here this whole time and yeah. they weren't, weren't compromising the whole time. That's you know? right. I mean, he's been, he's been working, you know, I've been working since, um, 12 years old. Yeah. And he's been 
doing stand up since he's 17, you know, and um, just growing and building. And, and the thing about him is that he's, it's so comprehensive what he does. So if, this didn't work out, then he'd do like a podcast Mm -hmm. or he'd try stuff on the internet or he would um, create a show or be part of a show or go do a thing with some comics. And I mean, he was shit on by so many people for so many years, like in clubs and everything like that. And he just kept going and he kept doing it. And so um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if Louis hadn't like paid his dues, so to speak, in life and in the comedy world, and stuff like that, his mm-hmm. show wouldn't be so potent. Like it gave him so much to like feel. Yeah, there was just though, the, like uh, there was an alchemy about that moment for him because when he tried, when he did Saint Louis, mm-hmm. and then when we did Lucky Louis, I I called it too when we we did Lucky Louis. I was like, this show is not gonna go past a year. Like I, if. Because it was just too different. I just knew that I said, we're going to make an impact. Uh, um, It's not going to be a huge impact. It's going to later come. It's going to be like one of those things. It's going to be like Ebola or something. (laughs) You know, like awesome. Like stealth, death, later. But, you know, I just knew that it was going to have a significant impact later. Yeah. And that people weren't ready and everybody's like mad because we shot it on video and mm. because of the proscenium, like the honeymooners see set and all of that. I mean, but it, they said we put in a laugh track. We didn't like he had to turn the laughs down. That's so awesome. And the audiences were like, everybody talked when we were doing the show. <laughs> like they were like, no, she did it. Oh! <laughs> you know? And it was so crazy because it was electrifying. Yeah. Like we <laughs> felt like what Jim Norton was doing and Mike Haggerty and, and Rick Shapiro. It was like electric. I thought, this is fucking amazing. We There's no doubt in our minds that we were going to get picked up, but they waited nine months to tell us, sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Woof. But it was, um, it was amazing to do. And then you guys have written together since. Yeah. And- well, we, after that, we wrote a pilot for CBS that was kind of, it was going to kind of be Lucky Louie with no F-bombs down. Yeah. and no dick and balls and things like mm-hmm. that. And CBS passed on it. And then um, Dave Becky took it to Fox or whatever, and they passed too. So then it was just square one again. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when, you know, the rest is history with John Langraff and yep. Louie and FF. It's such a good history. I mean, yeah. it's such a cool story. And I feel like everything's changing, like we've been talked about, talking about in the whole climate with, like, every different kind of media is changing so much right yeah. now. And when there's some trailblazer like that that's, like, setting an example yeah. of, like, doing it with heart and integrity, it's so exciting. Yeah, you it's know? just, I think that it was about that moment mm-hmm. that... You know, single camera's been on for years and established and all of that. And just that moment in time and his face and him doing this and all these bits and these like kind of, um, you know, you know, French film feeling and all the farce, but it wasn't too much. It's just the perfect alchemy moment that I think exploded. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the success of Louie has to be the most scary thing to network people to like suit. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, here's an example like, hey, if you do give somebody who's like a creative person with a vision, like, the keys to the car and let them make it, it will be good yeah. and successful. And, and everybody's going to want a set of keys. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, uh-oh, what, where's your job? Well, and not only <laughs> is it so successful, they all said no to it. It's yeah. not like it came out of nowhere, like, oh, my gosh, who's this guy? It's like, oh, we said that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, we, we've talked about it before. That, like, there's all these people that are trying to justify their jobs. And so yeah. it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, it's a sea of middlemen, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. And, and then we end up with watered-down... Mush, mush. Yeah, right. Because everybody has to put their stamp on it and right. mm-hmm. make their notes and stuff, even if they don't really have it. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't like that one character, even though I don't really have a note. I think it works. But I know. I, I need to make sure that I've tinkered yeah. with well, it. Well, what it is is it's like uh, this is a perfect example for me because I live this very kind of generic life. Like I'm, I'm a school mom and – you know, this year I have two kids in one school and one in another, but for the past three years it's been high school, elementary, and middle school. Oof. And so my biggest pet peeve, like, I just had a back-to-school night, and I was like, if one motherfucking parent raises their fucking hand, I will cut. Get this over with. I'm, because people just want to say yep. something. Yeah. I want to say something. No, you know what? We're on five minute turnarounds. We're going into the classes. You shut your fucking mouth. I'm looking at you, creepy dad. Nobody wants to hear you, and you're not funny. And I just, it's just the thing that drives me crazy. And so after like the first four classrooms, I turned to this one dad who I know and like, and I'm like, don't fucking say anything. He's like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, don't ask questions. You guys, this group, get in, we get out. (laughs) This is history. Let the teacher talk. There's nothing for you to talk about. So that's what it's like when yeah, people want to hear their own voices. network kids. It's like, hey, um, I don't understand the arc of this character. Oh, and since and, you said that, I yeah. thought that the set is weird. Yeah, I don't. Uh, the teapot's red. Um, <laughs> it seems like we should contrast. It's a little bananas on bananas. Up. Fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's the font we're using on the titles? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that Helvetica? Uh, uh, can we get Matt on that? Yeah, mm-hmm. he knows fonts. Uh, Let's get seventeen. People. Oh my god. It makes me want to thrill my I feel like we should try with Calibria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, Yeah, but uh, can I say something about it? (laughs) Yeah, we need more opinions in here. That's what we need. Yuck. Let's break for lunch. We'll come back and we'll just uh, we'll sit on these font yeah. pots and we'll yeah. rip apart some other stuff people what's, have worked uh, on. What's your takeaway on the font situation, <laughs> everybody? Did you get my font mail? Uh, I don't like But, that. you know, the, the other thing about shows now is that, you know, and, and this, is the, this is the thing. I have three kids. I'm raising them by myself. I yeah. have three daughters. Oh, fuck kids. I have three yeah. daughters. And I have to work. Um, I have to, I take care of my mom and, um, I have to keep things alive and moving. And so I need to find time to write and I need to find time to do the jobs. And so for, in terms of that, when people ask me, Oh, um, I'm doing this movie. Can you read this for me, Pamela? Or my friend wrote a book. Uh, can you read that? Or um, I've got a series like 
you know, there was this guy who works at the Mac store that I love. He's so sweet. And he said, and he helped me so fucking much with yeah. my laptop and one of my daughter's laptops. And then he goes, I've got this show that you're perfect for. And I, and he sent it to me and I said, I am so sorry. I immediately wrote back and I said, I can't read anything like this yeah. because I'm writing my own stuff and I don't have time and I don't want to mislead you. Yeah. So now I started saying, I can't read that. That's the smartest way to do it. I can't cut it do off it. There. Yeah. Because I don't want to say, oh, this is really cool. I'll do it. Like if it's really a thing, then call Dave Becky and right. he'll call me. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't want to be responsible for stuff. And then other people are like, how do I break into this or that? Well, now it's so easy. I do my fucking auditions with my iPhone. Yeah. You know, I have, I have a booth at home that sits there cold. It's like the fucking thing from big with a face Uh that spits out cards. (laughs) Yeah. Zoltar. Uh It's like a Zoltar booth. And I mean, and it's at my mom's house, which is next door to my house. And she's got like an Israel hotel, like one of those, please make up this room in Hebrew on the door of my fucking whisper room. Uh I have not ever, like it was the kiss of death to me to get that fucking booth anyway. I never booked anything. Like I need direction badly. And I thrive on direction, you know, but um, now there's no excuse. Everybody's doing a million shows. Like yeah. John Langraff just gave a press conference and he talked about there's 350 shows being offered on cable and television and the internet now. And by, you know, December or January, there's going to be 400, it's you a, know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You can do whatever you want to do. Yep. The biggest fear is that you're not going to succeed it could suck or it's just not the right time or there's yeah. just too much competition. Because everything is, is developing shows now. It doesn't matter like what the network is. They'll, that's right. Know, something that's like, you know, the Amish network with their new reality mm. series or whatever. Like I mean, produce. and I'm the worst because I'll fucking throw down any Amish show, any hoarding <laughs> show. Oh yeah. Oh, life after people. See what's life there after people. It's the most terrifying show. It was like this reality show where they mapped, like they would look at the, they would look at New York City and they would look at the Brooklyn Bridge and they would say, okay, all the people are gone. 25 years after people. And they would do like a CG and then 50 years after people, 70, and the cable snapping and then like Greenwich Village. How does that sustain itself? coming back. I have chills. Oh I have chills. my gosh! And then they put some clowns into it. Oh god! To see where it goes. Well, 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 because after people come clowns. It's terrifying. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Well, let's do first. Okay. We need a different first question every podcast. Is a different first from life. This one is: What was the first thing you ever gave to a crush to show them that you liked them? Ew! I don't know. <laughs> Whatever um, you can remember. Oh god. Huh. I don't know. I remember like. Getting stuff. Yeah, I that's me too. I'm, yeah. What did I do? All right, nice. that works. In, in preschool, first? my first oh, thing was so this boy that liked me. Um, I'm in New York City, and I went to Julia Richmond High School for preschool. Like they had this preschool Whoa. program. The high schoolers <laughs> did it, and this boy. Wait, the high I, schoolers ran the preschool. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! It was like a child care program. This is. It the sounds 60s. like sixties. <laughs> it sounds like what's it called? 
your asthma like smoking picky. cigarettes in high Lord school. Of Lord of the Flies, yeah. That's oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> to keep with the apocalyptic yeah. like things. But yeah, this boy and I, I think we liked each other, and he gave me a little thing, a little like ceramic thing with flowers in it. And I had it for years, but I lost it. Ooh, that's a pretty good gift. Maybe he's hot and he's on Facebook Time to find him. Time to find that guy and be like, I've still got it. Remember the time I saw you getting your diaper changed and there was shit in it? I never told anybody until now. (laughs) (laughs) That means you're a keeper, honey. Yeah, yeah. What was yours, Vanessa? Well, I don't have any good, like, long ago memories. Um... I think maybe people didn't like me that much. I, I oh, probably they gave me food. Bad. I feel like cookies or something like that. You know what I mean? Like lunchbox bartering. I feel like there was probably that situation. That was definitely be what would work on me. And then the first like time I remember doing something very thoughtful for a boy was like a guy I was very serious about. I got him a pixie shirt off of eBay and it was like the first time I'd ever been on eBay and I just knew like what I wanted to get. Now that the internet and everything is like people do that all the time. Yeah. But at the time it was like, I'm going to hunt down an item and I'd never really hunted down an item. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was in fifth grade and it was like the time that we moved to California and there was this boy on the playground. He was wearing like this white knit cardigan sweater with a belt and everybody was like nice sweater (laughs) and they were like really tearing into him and being mean and i was such like an underdog champion and i just was like fuck you (laughs) and i looked at him i was like i really like your sweater and then we played seven in heaven and stuff and so really like my boyfriend oh my gosh yeah you're nice. a badass lady. There yeah. Take care of that little so man with the belted cardi. <laughs> I fucking stood up for that. You gave him a backbone, yeah. honey. That's right. <laughs> it did have a belt. <laughs> I'm sure I I mean I'm sure I gave like Valentine's and stuff in class. Oh yeah. yeah. Do that, but I I can't remember the exact first thing, but I definitely made a lot of mixtapes. That was Oh, that was you're back. Oh. Oh, hell yes. A lot of mixtapes. Yeah. Which, you know, used to take time to make mixtapes. No, to be on the receiving end of a mixtape felt so good. It felt so intimate. You had to, like, time it out. And then, like, you always had that one song that was under two minutes. The little thing. Yep. The the very end. end I know. So there wasn't that much space. And you'd see their cramped little handwriting, and it felt like the best love letter you would ever get. Oh, I would, like, try to do, like, extensive liner notes in a sense. Like, I would, like, really, like, try to be artistic with it and, like, really take my time versus just, like, writing. Can you believe people don't know about liner notes anymore? Yeah. Like, that's just just gone. gone. Maybe gone. Now it's like, I made you a Spotify playlist. It yeah. It took me four minutes. <laughs> and you don't know Ugh. anything about the session or what happened. All that delicious stuff that you used to read. And just like the ephemera of having it in yeah. your hand. And like, because I remember from my parents' albums and just even cassettes, everything. Like loving to unfold it and like knowing what those images were going to be. Like it felt so different. I know. We, we play records all the time at the house. And... um uh one of my daughters has a record player in her room. We've got one in the living room. I have a huge record collection. My mom used to work for a recording uh, company in New York City, so we have all like the first editions of like everything Whoa. from the seventies, including L- Lenny Bruce's record, um, which is made out of red vinyl. Oh my god! Oh, wow. um, but you know, my kids, my kids love it, and kids come over and they just they love that crunch yeah. and that click on the on the albums and 
Cat Stevens and all oh. of that stuff. We just, it just sounds so good. Dave, Dave Brubeck and Duke Ellington and... We play everything. That's so on cool. records at home. It's really good. Well, it's a full experience, like yeah. a sense yeah. experience, instead of just this immediate blah 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 blurp it out. Like you can't well, appreciate and also something. Also, the if you concept don't. of an album, like that, just doesn't yeah. really exist anymore. Yeah. Like people just download the tracks they like, or yeah. the singles or whatever. Like, or but even do if you they know- do, they randomize it on their iPod or whatever. There's a little less like of sitting down mm-hmm. and like listening to something from start to finish and seeing how the tracks flow and yeah. how it's conceptualized. Like that's such a dead thing now. Well, they're making um, vinyl. Again, oh, yeah. like a lot of new artists yeah. are at their concerts, they have vinyl. I hope it comes back. I mean, I hope it's not just a like a party trick. I mean, it starts that way, but I hope it yeah. catches. On I think more. that eventually, like the technology, like runs away with the the practicality, yeah. and now and then you kind of go back and say, actually, I do need a landline phone, right? Actually, I want to listen to music yeah. on vinyl. I'd like to experience something, yeah. yeah. Let's do a, let's do a build a movie. Okay, great. Uh, so this is a thing where we uh, we build a movie together. We just go around. We add pieces to it. There's no budget. There's no uh, time constraints. It could be somebody from the forties putting this movie along with somebody today or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, we're gonna build the ultimate musical sequel, a la Grease Two. Uh-huh. So we're just gonna pick an existing musical that's out there that doesn't have a sequel. Probably maybe shouldn't. Uh, we'll make a sequel out of it and do whatever we want to it. Add whoever we want oh. to it. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe we should. Do a sequel to West Side Story. I feel like <laughs> that doesn't need it. It kind of ends bloody. But yeah. uh, but let's do a let's do a West Side Story too. Wait, body count at the end of that. Who are we left with? As if well, you know, there's there's brothers, Anita, and kids, Anita. Yeah, maybe it's an Anita spin. Oh yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fun. Anita! Exclamation point. Okay, that's so the name of it. Play Anita. Um, I. Who should be Anita? So it doesn't matter. Dead oh, can or alive. it be? Um, it be any time period. What's her face? That's got the va 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 voom from uh, Modern Family. Sophia Vergara. I don't know if I like that at all. <laughs> Sophia Vergara. Why is can't it Anita? just be Rita Moreno? I mean, yeah, baby, Rita Moreno could be back. She's, she's so still classy. Alive in you that. made the classy choice. I know. <laughs> right. Gotta give it to Rita. Right. How about Shelley Winters? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to bring anybody. something interesting to the table. Shelly Winters, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> From the Poseidon Adventure time. <laughs> Mrs. Peter Pan, I'm not. <laughs> okay, how about this? Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it sort of like they did that in that weird Bob Dylan movie where five actors played oh, Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. We're going to have it for like every 20 minutes. What the is that? Switches. I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm going to see him. Uh, Bob Dylan? I got Dylan tickets for my. Oh, kids. my God. That's so cool. Yeah. You were. I think it was very called good Don't Look. Back maybe it was uh, Todd Haynes directed it and it was played by like five different actors like Heath Ledger, oh, Kate Blanchett played it. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right, that's right. Uh, so let's let's do that with this. So well, Sofia Vergara yeah. gets one of them. She gets one of the reels. <laughs> Sofia okay. Vergara, Rita Moreno, Shelley Winters. Okay. Uh, we'll do no, five. I didn't really mean Shelley. Oh, maybe um, Shelley, Paul Rubin. Paul Rubens. I always forget the S. Because don't right. you think he would do good? Or maybe Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming could do it. Yeah, we'll do him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so it just switches periodically. It's very artsy. Okay, yeah. Direction. We're just yeah. saying, like, hey, this is a universal role. Anybody can mm-hmm. inhabit it. Let's give all these actors a shot. Basically, mm-hmm. Anita has opened the premier dress shop. How about DJ Nina Flowers, who was on <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race? Right. Oh, please look her up. I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm a fucking genius. I'm Nina really Flowers as Anita. Up. All right, <laughs> she gets a real too. 
Ugh. All right, so Nita's opened up a dress shop. That's yeah, how you're taking I it. mean that's the that's the backdrop for this whole thing. The most fabulous dress shop, but it has to be of the time, like the West Side Story time, or are we? Yeah, in the should, I guess it should be of the time. Right? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and she has crazy clientele and an autistic son who's a great sewer. Wow, you really made it dark. <laughs> maybe, maybe because it's of the time. She has a thalidomide baby with somebody mm. because she took thalidomide because mm-hmm. it's the sixties, right? Dark. Yeah. Yep. And he's born with no uh, arms, and he's just got um, flippers, <laughs> little flippers. But he can still work the pedals of the sewing machines. That's he or the something. <laughs> With the things. Yeah. And I don't say it to be mean. I mean, I was born in the 60s and like I probably I'm so lucky because my mother is such a, a natural. They wanted to give her thalidomide because it was really? for, it was for moms who were very, very sick yeah. from being pregnant. And my mother was sick all nine months with my brother and with me. And she, she refused take to it. take Thank it. Thank goodness. And I grew up in New York City with the kids who had uh, their parents had taken, their moms had taken thalidomide. And I, it hit me years later. Holy shit. That could have been me. Thank you, mom. So maybe we could represent that. Yeah. In the, in it's the, a tragedy. And yeah. So the kid actually has good rapport with Riff. Riff comes around. Oh. Um, is that the lesbian girl? Oh, that was anybody's. Riff is, Riff is okay. Tony's buddy. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Riff didn't like the violence and everything. He's trying to, you know, make things cool. Uh, but he sort of, like, kind of falls in love with her. Oh. Um, and Who's Riff But, like but they're like, they don't want it to happen again because they don't want a repeat of Tony right. and Maria. Uh, Riff is played. Hmm. Well, this is tough because we can go anybody. Oh, Channing Tatum. All right. Oh, yeah. Or one of those hot Hemsworth fucking. I like the. How about Army Hammer? I think I think oh. I think you're really onto something with um the big one. What's Chris? Chris, yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. If you guys have not Googled Chris Hemsworth baby, do it. Because there is all these pictures Chris of him Pine. playing a baby. Oh. oh yeah, that works too. Oh. oh my gosh. We're in a really good era right now for like big lunky, beautiful men. Oh, like these yeah. beefy, beautiful See, men. See, I love that army hammer because of the voice kills The voice, me. yeah. Ooh. The voice. Right, we're gonna That's do huge. Okay. Yeah. That, that is, since it's the male lead, does the exact same thing that Anita does. So all five of those guys play Whoa. riff. So there's different pairings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, fun. Yeah. That's fun. So they all... <laughs> this is rare. You, film right? It's a hard yeah. watch, this music. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, and then of course the... Paula Abdul does the score. Sure. And there's a new gang in town. Uh oh. And they want protection money from her for her shop. So they're coming and saying, oh. You better pay us. They're they're like Italians this time yeah. or something. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. They're the cannolis. The cannolis. So there's jet sharks town. and the cannolis. And the, and the cannolis <laughs> want protection money and they don't want to pay it. So then they th- throw like a Molotov cocktail in her shop one night and burn oh, it down. No. Yeah, it gets real. It gets real, guys. Oh. Okay. But she rises from the ashes as uh the drag queen plays this part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nina Flowers. Yeah, DJ she, Nina Flowers. She takes it over. Yeah. Why is she a DJ? She is a DJ. She's a DJ. Oh. You guys keep talking about your movie, and I'm going to show you on Instagram. You're gonna- uh, <laughs> yes. Please do. I feel like this is a really... It's not going to be like a big studio movie. No, it's an indie. It's an indie <laughs> it's picture. It's an indie. It oh, is. who do we have to direct oh, it? Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's important. Um, somebody that can do both the musical side of things. But you know it's John Cameron Mitchell, the guy. Oh, the guy Mick, G. Mick G. Mick oh, G. Mick G. 
Oh, yeah. from um, there'll be lots of quick cuts. What yeah. was what was the first <laughs> Charlie's Angels? Yeah. Oh man, we yeah. just rewatched that recently. All right, Nick, you can say, do it. It holds Nikki up. Hold it. Yeah, that Nick first did. Charlie's Angels was a really fun movie. It was. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I think we got a picture. I think we got a movie. That's DJ Nina Flowers. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. That's her. Did she win? She, I don't remember if she won. She won in her own way. I mean, oh she's a fucking dinosaur. All right, she's, she can play it. Right? So it's just called Anita! Exclamation point. Exclamation point. point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I yeah, love it. I think we got a picture. Come get you. No, it won't. It'll be on demand. It's not going to be a theater. Release. Yeah. Maybe Chicago. It's day, it's day and date. There's like a limited amount of screens. Yeah. So. Okay. These are I'll play questions. this. I'll play your son. Oh, good. Go. Yeah. You're going to have to wear a fancy little costume. That's fine. Creature work. We'll do We'll do the thing. <laughs> We're going practical. No CGI. Yeah. Um, have you ever met an Olsen twin? These are my questions. Why are you saying that to me? Why? Why you, are you saying you? that to me? She you have, haven't you? About I ask every single guest. But you obviously Googled me. I didn't Google you in an Olsen twin. She does it every time. Wait, Literally is there every, some juicy Olsen story that I'm about to get? I'm going to be blushing You're so hard. shit. What happened? Well, I, because I was on a plane that the cockpit caught fire. What? This was like four years ago. And um, we had to make an emergency landing. We were an hour into the flight. I've told this story in this fresh air, so I'll just cut to the end. Yeah. But anyway, it was it was nuts. We landed. Um, there were like twenty emergency vehicles and fire engines and everything. Huh. We had to land in Dulles. We took off from JFK. Oh my gosh! An hour into the flight, uh, we're all shitting because the captain came out of the cockpit and it filled with smoke. And I was sitting in the second row, and I saw the oh flames my in god. the cockpit. Oh my god! So we were able to land, and we got on the ground, and it made all the news because it was called a celebrity-filled flight in peril because there was a Jersey boy from Broadway, Pamela from Californication, um, and an Olsen twin and her boyfriend who was in The Hangover. Oh, my gosh. And so it was like celebrity-filled flight. You could Google it. It's I cannot crazy. wait to Google well, it. I know. It's Justin Bertha, right? So it was mm-hmm. yeah. whoever. How did she Mary handle Kate, the um, frighteningness? Um, I was like deep into the throes of my divorce at that point, and I was very numb. And my daughters weren't with me on the plane, and I was like, "Bring the rain, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. I was numb. <laughs> But um, I'm still best friends with the guy who is sitting to the left of me. Really? And I'm going to his wedding in two weeks. Oh, my God. He's having a big gay Bollywood wedding. Manish Andrew. Whoa. Yes. That's so... You make a good friend. <laughs> you can just, like, pick him up. You get it. Well, that's a good Olsen twin story. I wasn't expecting I that. I know. Yikes. You've been in peril with an Olsen. I've, I was in peril with an Olsen twin. You're yeah. slightly taller than they are. Really? I think so. Yeah. I'm five one. The internet is wrong about my height, which pisses me off. What do they they're, call they're you? Five one too. I they think. say I'm five feet. Oh yeah, they might. And they say I'm a too. lot older than I am. It's bullshit. And my middle name is not fucking Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is. Some of this stuff. I know. Whatever. Um, okay. Next. Okay. If you had to pick to live in the realized body of one of your animated characters forever, who would it be? So like. <laughs> You get that, right? Oh, my God. Jue from um, The Animatrix. Ooh. Immediately. (laughs) Not Bobby? No. (laughs) No, the hot Asian woman (laughs) in the dojo. And Kevin Michael Richardson and I did it. And we uh, take each other's clothes off with our our swords, with our ninja swords. And she is so fucking hot. (laughs) 
Jouet. Congratulations. Yeah. Good answer. Immediately. Okay, her. you've angered a wizard, and you have to choose between forever having a teenage girl living in your house. Um, so this is for the rest of your life. After your girls are gone, some other teenagers, they're needing your guidance or disobeying you. Or you become a teen girl for two months of the year. Become, 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 become. Where are you coming from? Like emotionally. Okay. If you could be a part of any reality show as a waxer for them, a la Marcy, who, what show would you wax on? Like, like a Real Housewives franchise or Breaking Amish? Jinx, what did you find? Thank you on makeup. I didn't do the counting though, so I, I owe you two coats. Thing. A lot of coats are in your chain. That's going to be a lot of hair to deal with, I think. No, or, or, I don't know, man, because I don't want to deal with any housewives. They're all really mean. So mean. So scary. Um, reality or not, I don't know. Maybe American Horror Story. <laughs> um, the Asylum Year. That would be fun. What's in there? Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. Um, and this is your final question. If you and Louis were really as a couple, what do you think the smallest thing about him that would make you crazy would be? Um, uh, like, what would you this, nitpick to death? Does that make sense? I mean, he's got all the things that annoy you like anybody else you know um maybe the smell i don't really know there's a smell situation i don't know i really don't he's maybe don't google yourself so much okay yeah something like that i can see that being explosive yeah you can't do that because it takes everybody's day down he goes through through phases where he's like oh i don't know whatever or, like, I'll read something uh, that he said, and I'll write him an email and say, get the fuck off Twitter right now. <laughs> so maybe it would be that. That's a great answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. Well, you did it, Pamela. You did the you show. Did thank you so through. much. It was oh, so fun. Thank uh, you, guys. So, guys, uh, follow Pamela. She's on Twitter. Yep. At Pamela Adlon. Uh, and you have anything coming up you want to plug? Do I? I don't know. There's so many things on all the time, I think. I mean, there's stuff that I'm doing that I don't even know. I, get, I just did some trip tanks this morning. I'm about to do Phineas and Ferb. I'm writing a thing that... That's exciting. Something may happen with it. Um, and then we're starting to we're talk about season five of Louie right now. Wow. But other than that, not a lot Which of... Which you're also a producer on, which is yes. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Go, girl. Thank awesome. you. Yay. Yay. Well, thanks for being here, Pamela. You can follow us on Twitter, too. I'm at Cole Strat. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah.